I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Have you thought about investing? Or maybe you're already investing a little, but would like to do some social good with your money as well? Well, what if I told you guys that you can do both at the same time? I want to introduce you to Bolt Investment Group. They are a local, veteran-owned wealth management firm that is ready to help you start investing for the first time walk you through the process, and help you take control over your financial future. Here at News Du Jour, we really believe that knowledge is power. But the truth is, money is power too, and it's freedom. Women as a whole make less than men do and are less likely to invest it. However, female business owners statistically perform better than their male counterparts. Bolt has some unique strategies to help you support those female-owned businesses while helping you grow your own wealth. Hunter Baldwin and the Bolt Investment Group team have many years of experience serving their clients and would love to show you everything Bolt has to offer. Reach out to Bolt Investment Group and see what makes them unique. Link in our show notes. Hey guys, happy Tuesday and welcome back to the news du jour. Quick housekeeping note before we jump into today's episode, a holiday week is here. So I always like to remind you guys what days I will be taking off so that you know what to expect. I take off days that the banks are closed, but as a reminder, that actually affects the next day's episode. So For example, this week I will be taking off the 25th for Thanksgiving, but that means that there won't be an episode for the 26th. There will be one on Thanksgiving morning. I hope that makes sense to you guys. It's just so that I can be with my family and not have to be running around chasing news stories on days when actually there's a lot less news usually happening on these holidays anyway, Um, but don't worry. I will always catch you guys up on anything you missed as soon as we get back to business. For today's episode, I wanted to travel to a different part of the world, Eastern Europe to be specific, because there's a lot going on there right now in a bunch of different directions. So let's travel there for this episode and dive into exactly what is going on. So I did not plan for that airplane to be like flying dramatically overhead when I recorded that, (laughs) Um, but it kind of fits with the mood, so I'm just going to go ahead and leave it in. Um, Russia is picking a fight with Ukraine, you guys, and they are moving in on them, including with airplanes. So we have witnessed an amassing of about 100,000 Russian troops on the border of Ukraine. 
And it has a lot of people nervous and for good reason. What the heck is going on? Why are tensions higher than ever? And what does it have to do with groceries? Let's dive in. So these two countries have had a ceasefire in place since 2015, but tensions have long predated that and continue to rage. The situation has been equated to a tinderbox in the past, just needing a match to spark fresh conflict. But what's crazy is there's this one area along the border of Russia and Ukraine where the gap between the two countries kind of widens and locals there are literally put in the middle of this conflict. And these people during coronavirus were having to walk miles and miles into Ukraine just to buy groceries because there was this only a narrow footbridge into the country from where they live because a checkpoint was unexpectedly closed. So the city started building a foundation for a bridge that could hold cars and so that these people could drive to get their groceries rather than being forced to go on foot. But tensions are so high that this move of building a bridge, literally, was essentially seen as a land grab over this middle territory. And that's where this most recent conflict broke out. See, it's important to understand within Ukraine, there are actually these separatist fractions, groups that are backed by Russia and believe that they actually should be part of Russia. And that group was ultimately offended by this move. So they shot into a village and blew up six houses, killing a Ukrainian soldier. So, a Ukrainian commander ordered a drone strike, taking out weapons belonging to these separatists. Then, Russia came in as backup for the separatists. And that's how we went from getting groceries to getting invaded. It was a very quick escalation that even stands to potentially pull Western nations into its drama as Ukraine has become even more involved with the international community and European Union countries, as well as the U.S., feel a duty to protect a country trying to break ties with Russia. That said, Russia has granted citizenship to 600,000 Ukrainian separatists and the two share a 279-mile-long border. So it's just a very strange post-Soviet dynamic over there. Obviously, we are hoping that things calm down and return to life as normal for the sake of the average citizen over there. But that said... There is further instability in this region, like between Belarus and Poland. So for our next story about this region, Belarus is weaponizing migrants against Poland. So if we travel just north of Ukraine, we hit a smaller country called Belarus. They, too, share a substantial border with Russia to the east. But to the west of Belarus lies Poland. Poland is part of the EU, where Belarus is not. 
And for a while now, Poland has accused Belarus of flying Middle Eastern refugees into their country by the thousands with the promise of shuttling them over to Poland to live in the EU. And it's creating this huge migrant crisis on the border as Poland is not able to accept so many refugees right now. And they're stacking up in makeshift shelters just to survive the cold. Lithuania and Latvia have also made similar accusations against Belarus. And a humanitarian crisis is really unfolding, you guys. It is widely believed that Belarus is doing this because they're upset about sanctions put in place against them by the European Union. And they are striking back in a bizarre way, which really hurts these human beings trying to migrate more than anyone else. Angela Merkel, the German chancellor, has actually picked up the phone twice to call Belarusian leader Lukashenko to discuss solutions, but nothing has worked so far. France has called upon Russia, Belarus's ally, to pressure them into ending this crisis as well, but this has yet to happen. As of now, the only solution Poland is really able to take is to return these people by the truckload back to Belarus. But 10 migrants are already said to have died from freezing temperatures in this region's deep forests. And there could be more, you guys. They come over with very little in the way of belongings, if anything, and do not have proper clothing for the cold. Humanitarian groups are descending upon the area to search the woods for migrants and bring them foil blankets and warm food. But there is so little beyond that that they can really do to help these people stranded in a frigid foreign land. Poles all over the country have begun protesting, demanding help for these migrants, and the Catholic Church is also dedicating funds towards supporting these migrants specifically, as helping immigrants is a huge part of the Catholic Church's global mission. Let's hope that these nations can work together to stop this problem in its tracks and help those migrants already stranded to find safety, shelter, and a stabilized life. And lastly, for our little journey in this region, Romanian government is also in crisis. Now lastly, just south of Ukraine, which we discussed in our first story, is Romania. In addition to everything else going on in this region, Romania's government is undergoing a crisis of its own. The prime minister there was actually brought down by what's called a vote of no confidence, which means exactly what it sounds like. The government has lost confidence in their leader. And now a new government is forming between the far left and the central left to vote in a new prime minister. But this leaves the country currently in this sort of awkward in-between phase. And... No one really likes uncertainty. Social packages, though, are high up on the agenda once this new government takes hold. So in the long run, this could be a good change for Romania. 
But until then, many are holding their breath. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the Russian proverb, without effort, you won't even pull a fish out of the pond. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider becoming a patron of our podcast. For $7.99 a month, you can unlock tons of perks like breaking news text messages so that you're never out of the loop. Tons of bonus episodes are already up there ready for you to binge and a discussion board full of networking opportunities and much more. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media today to become a patron. This is the best way to support our show. Our patrons make news du jour possible. But a couple other ways to support our podcast are rate and review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen, share on your social media, you have influence, tell your friends, family, and colleagues that you love news du jour and why you listen. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, just sugarfreemedia, all one word on TikTok, and sugarfree underscore media on Twitter. We also have a weekend newsletter called Dreamers Digest that's full of dreamy content recommendations for your weekend and a life update from yours truly. Sign up today on our website, www.sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Katherine Jezik Designs. Any twinkling or little footsteps you might hear in the background are by my dog, Rhett. He's a rescue pup and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.